Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the All Things New podcast. I hope y'all have had a good week. Um, My week was really busy, but you know, all is well. It's busy again, I am always busy. I feel like as the holidays um, approach, life just, the busyness begins to accelerate. So yeah, I've got a lot of cooking to do. Um, I've got Friendsgiving this upcoming weekend, and the week after that is Thanksgiving, and I've got some orders for my small business to make. And then I've got to cook for things. Like, there's a lot going on, y'all. But it's all good because I like to cook and bake. So I guess it works out that I like to do those things. But at the same time, it's very draining. But on the bright side, I do have a week off of work for Thanksgiving. Don't know how that happened. But I'm grateful and I'm not going to complain about it. But anyways, I hope you guys are doing well. So as y'all can see, because once again, y'all can read. Today's episode is titled, I'm Single, But dot 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 so like suspenseful so mysterious what does this mean well i'll explain it to you <laughs> so i intended on this episode being short but my nail not my my nails just kidding not my nails well my nails are kind of long anyways just bringing it back reeling it back in my notes are way longer than i suspected because i just kept pouring out my heart and i'm like you know what? It's fine. Let the people hear what they came to hear. Okay. So while my notes are quite long, I will try not to ramble as I typically do. So we'll see what happens. So yeah. (laughs) All right, let's begin. So, um, if y'all don't already know this, I'm single. Okay. I've already made an episode about it, but (laughs) I just want to let y'all know ahead of time, I am qualified to talk about this because it's my life. It's what I experience every single day. So I'm not just trying to be like one of those people that's like, that talks about a particular subject that they don't have much to like, that they're not well-versed in. And I'm not saying I'm well-versed in singleness, but at the same time, I'm saying I'm well-versed in singleness, which I don't even know how that's possible. Well, actually, you know what? Here's how it's possible. Being single for a long period of time makes you well-versed in singleness because it's your life and it's your lifestyle. And that's what you're used to. So. I just want to talk about it a little bit because there are some things we don't talk about in regard to singleness that I think are important to talk about because there can be ideas about singleness that are wrong and unhealthy and these are not helpful and they're not, you know, they're not productive and they can make it harder for us singles to be in this quote unquote season of singleness. So yeah, I'm just, I want to talk about this because it's important stuff. So even though being in the season of singleness is a blessing and it can be very fun and independent and liberating and exciting and there can be lots of new experiences to be had during this quote-unquote season. <laughs> the way, the reason I'm saying that is because in the previous episode I talked about singleness and I talked about how, I think I talked about how I'm not a fan of that word, like season, but anyways, I'm just going to use that because that's a familiar verbiage, so I'm just going to use that to refer to it. Anyways, so while this season can be fun and exciting and new, well, new as in, like, there's new experiences to be had. Like, singleness gets old at some point, not gonna lie. So even though it can be all all of these things, it can also be very hard. It can be hard. How do I know this? Because I've experienced it. (laughs) 
So I don't want to like sound like I'm complaining about the season of life that I'm in or like the season of singleness, but sometimes it can be hard and it can be really difficult, especially being among people who are not single, especially being among people who are married, engaged, dating. And it's just like, okay, um, what about me? Like, <laughs> what is happening? Like, what's wrong with me? What is going on? I'm just going to say this real quick. There's nothing wrong with you. Like, I always think this. I'm like, what's wrong with me? Like, am I doing something wrong? Am I blah, 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 blah. And I just keep making up excuses for myself. But if you are following Jesus, if you are, um, if you are doing what you're supposed to be doing in your life, if you are following the word of God, if you're building a relationship with God, if you're involved in your community, serving in ministry, serving people, serving your community, you're not doing anything wrong, okay? Just going to say that, put that out there, because a lot of times as singles, we can think there's something wrong with us because we are not yet in a season of life that other people around us are in, and it seems as if we're the only one there, but that's not true, okay? You're not alone. <laughs> I promise you, you're not. So, it can be hard, especially right when you're surrounded by people who are not single and it's in your face. That's one of the hardest parts is when it's just straight in your face and you're just like, wow, could this get more like, ugh. it's not quite like frustrating, but it kind of is not frustrating towards others, but frustrating in like the sense like, man, this is not quite happening for me yet. And it can just be hard. And it's not like a dwelling on the, 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 aloneness or the loneliness that you could be feeling or the fact that you're not paired up quite yet but it can just sometimes feel frustrating and I've got to admit there are some really really hard days there really are like especially when you don't like obviously I have friends and I have a community in my family and everything but it can still be really really hard not having that special person um there are days when I personally genuinely I'm not not secure in my singleness like there's days when I'm just like wow like I just really wish I were not single because this is hard because I wish I could like confide in someone or I wish I could have someone else to talk to besides my family which my family and my friends are awesome but you know it's it's a little bit different when it gets to like a significant other um so there are days when I'm very insecure about my singleness or not necessarily insecure but it's like I'm just I'm not secure in the moment, like in, in the season that I'm in, not the whole season as a whole, but there are some days and I just feel really like I'm not secure in my singleness. And on the contrary, there are days when I am more secure, um, when I'm like, oh, I feel great. Like, you know, this is, I'm, I'm doing this and doing that. Like I feel secure. Like it's cool that I'm not with somebody, but there are also days where it's like, man, I could really, I would really love to actually have someone and not just like, you know, it's not like a desperation thing. It's just kind of like that companionship. It just, it's different and, and it's not wrong to long for that because that's a human thing. So, you know, when those difficult days come, they can hit really, really hard and it can be, it can feel absolutely devastating. Um, and so I feel sometimes, especially in Christian culture, that it's looked down upon to be quote unquote dissatisfied in, in your singleness. And when I say dissatisfied, I don't mean like that you're not satisfied in God, but it can feel like, like, what's next? Like, why do I feel like, I don't know, it's it's not like a, I'm unhappy with who I am or where I am. It's kind of just like, kind of, I suppose, an anticipation of the next season. But it's also like, 
I don't know. It's hard to describe. It's not specifically just satisfaction, but it's more like, mm, this is hard, and I kind of don't want to be in this place right now, if that makes sense. Um, so I feel like in Christian culture, it can be like looked down upon if you have days when you're not secure in your singleness or when you have bad days or like as if you can't have bad days <laughs> like what everybody has bad days no matter what season they're in or as if like you should be grateful for the season you're in or you should always be encouraged you should always like be anticipating positively the fact that you're going to have a great marriage and you should be happy that you're single you should be looking forward to the future but it's like okay what about now like i know you're talking about the future the anticipated future the hoped for future but it's like what about now what about these feelings that i'm experiencing in this moment and that's really it can be very unhealthy to have that narrative of you shouldn't be unhappy because you don't have to deal with x y and z that you have to deal with in a marriage or you don't have to deal with that or that or that or that and it's like but I'm still hurting. Like, that doesn't take away from the fact that I sometimes grieve over this season. Um, and so I, I, I'm not a fan of that, that narrative because it's very unhealthy and it's wrong because everyone has bad days, no matter their marital status. It's human to have bad days and it's okay if you're single and if you long for your spouse some days or you long to have a close relationship. It's okay if you struggle. It's okay if you sometimes grieve over the fact that you feel lonely that you can feel so lonely and it's kind of weird sometimes because even though I I have awesome friends and family in a community in a church that I absolutely love there are still days when I feel lonely and that's just the reality and I think a lot of people could relate to that even if you are married or whatever I think a lot of people can relate to that feeling of loneliness that comes time to time but sometimes, like, if you're single, it comes a little more often. <laughs> it comes a little more frequently than um, some others. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not saying that I feel lonely every day. Or, like, single married people never feel lonely. I'm not saying that at all. But I think that we can all feel loneliness in some sort of way. Um, it's also, like, I don't know. It's It's okay if you feel like you're by yourself. Like, you're on an island by yourself. Because sometimes that's how it feels. Um, it's okay if you become frustrated with the fact that you have no dating experience or that, or if like dating never goes well for you, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be frustrated and it's okay to be confused. Why is this okay? Because these are emotions that you feel. They make you human. We are meant to have emotions and you shouldn't crucify yourself because of what you feel, what you do or what you don't feel. Having these emotions is a human thing. It's a human experience having these feelings. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. Because it makes you a person. It makes you who you are. It makes you human. There's absolutely nothing wrong with having these feelings. I really just want to make sure that this is coming clear. It's okay to have these feelings. Because they're real. Okay? Now, while it's important to acknowledge any emotions that you may experience, whether they are positive or negative, it's important not to dwell on the particular emotions that will discourage or dishearten you. Now, it's okay to acknowledge these emotions, and it's important. You've got to acknowledge your emotions. Don't just, like, push them, like, sweep them under the rug. But don't allow yourself to sink 
into them so far that you can't see a way out. It's one thing to acknowledge, it's another thing to dwell. It's one thing to say, I'm sad, and that's okay, because I'm going to start encouraging myself, I'm going to acknowledge this, and I'm going to I'm gonna figure out how to move on. But it's another thing to say, I'm sad, and I'm just going to stay here. Those are two different things, and there should be a distinction there, because one will take you to a positive outcome, the other will take you to a negative outcome. So acknowledgement is the basis of both of these places but where you go from that place of acknowledgement is important so something for me that well and just in general but something that can be incredibly helpful in regards to this um, is praying and be completely upfront and honest with god and telling him how you're feeling like it's it took me a while to get to this place in my relationship with god where i'm completely honest and i'm completely like oh, like, I feel like this and I'm mad because of this or blah, 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 blah. But it's important to get to that place where it's, if you, if you feel a certain way, it's like, it's okay to express that because God already knows how you feel. He's not going to be like, oh, wow. So that's how it is. Like, no, he knows. But being able to express that to him is really important. It's, it's literally completely okay to say to God, I'm tired of being single and I'm sad that I haven't met my spouse yet. Or it's okay to say I'm tired of waiting because it seems, it seemed so long. It seemed like I've been waiting forever. Or it's even okay to say I feel heartbroken because I, I felt like I've been passed by. It's okay to say these things. But after you acknowledge these things, you should follow these acknowledgments with the word of God. You should declare over yourself the promises that God has given you in his word and remind yourself of who your father is. You should speak things like Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13 that says, for I know the plans or I, this, that's one version. I'm reading this version on um, ESV or NKJV. Anyways, it says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Another version says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me, and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me, when you search for me with all your heart. So I feel like sometimes we tend to quote verse 11, but we don't follow it with 12 and 13. And what we see here is that there is a relationship with God being built here. Like you will call upon me and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with your heart. So it's not just like, oh, okay, I trust God. Okay, that's all. It's like, I trust you, Lord, and I'm going to lean into this promise and I'm going to confide in, in you and I'm going to rest in your presence, rest in in your goodness, regardless of the fact that I have no idea what's coming up next. So it's important to acknowledge verses 11 through 13, because it follows with within um, an emphasis on intimacy with God and building a relationship with him, which is really important. Something else you could declare over yourself is Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 through 11, which says, and this is God speaking. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there but water the earth, 
making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. I love that. Like, sometimes we we only read the first part. <laughs> we don't follow with the remainder of that passage. Like, God's saying, like, what I have spoken will come to pass because God doesn't lie and his promises will come to pass. He says, what I have spoken will not, will not come back to me in vain. Just like the rain doesn't, or the snow doesn't go back up to the earth as it came, the word of God will not come back void. It will come to pass and things will come as he purposes them to. It's also important to realize that if you need to talk to someone, please do that. Don't just struggle and suffer in silence. Um, there are people who love you and will be there at the drop of a hat to help and support you. There are people who care for you, who will be, who will stand beside you in your life and as you will do for others as well. So it's really, really important to find a strong community of people to be a part of. And while like for me, I always say strong community, but typically I'm referring to church because that's just my lifestyle. That's what I've been used to. And having a church community is absolutely crucial to have people who you know are like-minded and who love God and who are pursuing holiness and pursuing God. And also um, having this strong community is just so important to have people around you who will pray for you, who will fight for you, and you will do the same for those people as well because y'all will become family, and it's so important to have that community as well. Another thing remember to sorry, another thing to remember in this regard is that there is a time for everything, and we often quote this passage of scripture as well, which is Ecclesiastes chapter three verses one through eight. They state, for everything there is a reason, and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born, and a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Notice here how weep and mourn are used in this passage. Like they're included here. Like it's 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 kind of cool because it's like it seems to be like opposite ends of a spectrum, like polar opposites. Like born, die, plant, pluck, you know, kill, heal, break down, build up. Like it's like opposites, but it's like weeping and mourning. It's like these negatives are also followed by a positive. But if you experience these negative things, that's okay. That's completely normal. Um, I like how this passage is like just saying there's a time for each of these things. So. It's okay to weep and it's okay to warm. Sorry, warm. Ugh, what does that mean? It's okay to weep and to mourn. And it's much better to express what you're feeling than to just bottle it all up and hold it inside. Um, that's definitely not healthy, <laughs> okay? Mentally nor physically. Like, it's important to express yourself and to um, 
lay out your emotions, like go see a therapist, talk to your pastor, talk to your friends, because if you bottle these things inside of you, like that is not going to end well. So just keep that in mind as well. So another piece of this whole, like I'm single, but dot, 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 um, is that like nothing can be God's timing. His timing is absolutely perfect. And genuinely, um, it's, I don't know. I think of times in my life when I like decided not to wait on God and like the result was horrible. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, like time and time again. So I would much rather wait on God than to like, I much rather wait on his timing because it's perfect and it's good and it's what he wants. I'd rather wait for his timing than rely on my own and ruin my life. I've mentioned this in a couple of podcasts, but it's like, we barely see anything. Like we are seeing like a mic, like literally like a magnifying glass of one speck. But God is seeing the aerial view of our lives, and we just have no idea about what is being, what's going to happen, what we need, what we don't need, what needs to happen at this time or that time, what doesn't need to happen, that we think needs to happen. We have no idea. And so trusting in God ultimately is so worth it, because if you don't, then you're just kind of, you know, I'm not going to say derail. I mean, depending on what you do, you could derail your life, but don't take that as like, one thing meaning that your life is ruined i'm not saying that at all but ultimately trusting in god is like going to be the best thing because he absolutely knows what is best and what's good for you and in what timing things need to happen what things need not to happen what relationships you need to build what experiences you need to have what people you need to see like he knows all of these things and trusting and relying on his timing is always going to be the best decision and that's something that you will never regret. So, um, I must admit, it's hard waiting. Um, I barely have any dating experience. The last time I dated, I was 16, and it was like a four-month relationship, and it wasn't even a real relationship. And so I just have been single for a very long time, and it's what I'm accustomed to. Um, I don't really have experience dating, so I'm like, okay, good luck. But Honestly, it's not that bad because I also like, okay, so I don't know. I wasn't expecting to be single at 23 when I was about 18 because I was thinking when I was 18, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to do pre-med. I don't know, like, because I I didn't really want to be a doctor. I just wanted to do bio, but it was titled pre-med, even though it was just biology. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to have this degree in biology and I'm going to get a good job. And I'm going to get married when I graduate. Like, right after I graduate, I'm going to get married that summer. And it's going to be great. Well, I graduated a year ago. And I'm honestly not even that mad about the fact that I haven't really dated. Because a prayer that I've had for a long time is that I want my next relationship. When I said next relationship, I prayed this when I was 16, guys. I'm 23. That was like seven years ago. I was like, Lord, I want my next relationship to be with my husband. That kind of sounds like a lot of pressure, like, because I'm not going to, I'm not playing around or anything, but I did not expect that to mean that I would be single at 23, which is fine because I wouldn't have it any other way because this is God's way. This is, I'm trying to follow his will, you know, but regardless, there are some hard days. It gets, it can be hard. And it's like, unfortunately in, in Christian culture in American Christian culture specifically, um, it's like a lot of people, I mean, it's not unfortunate. 
it's just a thing. A lot of people get married young, like late teens, early 20s, and it's like, there's like a weird like age buffer where it's like, oh, you're not married? OMG, what's going on? Why haven't you dated? Why don't you want to get married? And it's like, bro, I literally said none of that stuff. Like, why are you asking me questions I don't even have an answer to? Like, chill out, please. Thank you. But I feel like um, being like 23 through 29 is like weird if you're single or if you're unmarried or if you're in a relationship. You know what's also weird that shouldn't be weird? If you date for like more than a year and you're not engaged yet or like more than like six or nine months, it's sometimes that's like, oh, wow, why hasn't he proposed yet? Why haven't you gotten the ring yet? And it's like, what if I want to date him for longer than six months? Like what? So to be honest, I probably won't date for that long. But I mean, I don't know if I will or if I won't. I probably won't. But it's like, why is it weird if people don't get engaged after six months? Like they're trying to figure stuff out. Like, that's weird. And what if the person's not even right for them? Like, what if they got married and they ended up being a horrible human being? You never know, truly. So, I don't know. That's also something that's quote-unquote weird. But it shouldn't be. I don't know why it's so weird. It's just a thing. It's, it's a rhetoric in Christian community in regards to singleness and marriage and relationships. And it's a rhetoric that should be torn down because it's harmful but um i feel like there's just there can be so much pressure to marry young um and while i think marriage marrying young can be great and wonderful it doesn't happen for everyone some people get married at 30 some people get married at 40 you know some people do get married at 18 19 20 21 22 but some people don't and that's okay and that doesn't make them an outlier or an anomaly it just means your life is different than everyone else's, which is good. But it's like we all should not be living the same cookie cutter life. And I'm saying I'm not saying that we are, but there tends to be some sort of this like general timeline that a lot of us seem to want to abide by. And it's like that you can't live on the same timeline as someone who's not you because their life is not your life. You know, like it just it doesn't really make sense when you start thinking about it that way. <laughs> but um you know, it's sometimes like it feels weird if you're unmarried. Like I feel like 23 is a, like a random age or like I turned 23 and I'm like, uh, like not like a bad thing. Like I had a great birthday and I'm so grateful and I've had an awesome year, but I'm just kind of like, all right, I'm I'm kind of ready to be in a relationship. Like I'm, I'm, I, I could get married tomorrow. Like truly, like I, I'm, I'm saying that kind of jokingly, but not really. But you know, it's like, all right, like, when something when am I gonna meet my husband like when's this gonna happen you know and it's like weird I don't know why 23 is like I don't know for me it's like that I feel like for some other people it is too but I don't know I just I don't like how it is almost like as if there's something it's not like there's something wrong with you if you're not married in like your early mid-20s but it's like it's like not normal it's not not normal. Like, it's normal, but it's, like, in the Christian community specifically, it's more like, oh, uh, why aren't you married yet, you know? And that's got a negative connotation, so. Honestly, I'm saying all this, and I'm 23, as if I'm not young. Like, I am. Okay, listen. <laughs> My 23-year-old self is still young, so I'm not even, I'm not tripping about nothing. But still, like, it's just rhetoric, and it's still, like, I want to get married. I would love to. And if I met my husband tomorrow, I would get married in the summer, right? And I'm not saying that. I will. I'm not even saying that I won't. I don't know what's going to happen. But 
it's like a lot of these ideas can be harmful and they can be discouraging to single people who are just trying to live for God. And, you know, a lot of this can be hard hearing these things and getting pressure, which I do think it's important to meet someone in your 20s and get married. It doesn't always have to be your 20s, though. But I mean, you know, it's important to think about marriage and want to be married and to to, to build yourself up to become a better person um, so that you're, you know, easy to be married to and that you're 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 pleasing God and living for God. But it's like, sometimes I feel like that can be, there can be like a hyper-focus on this concept of marriage and, and getting married. And it's like, okay, but this is not the purpose of life. Like, this is not my goal, right? Um, so all this to say, there can be a lot of rhetoric and ideas being thrown at you. But regardless of what you're observing, what you're hearing and experiencing, keeping a foundation in Jesus and his word is absolutely crucial because if you don't have your foundation in him you're going to put your foundation on something else that will not hold you okay so if your life goal is to be married you will 100% be disappointed and I'm not saying your marriage will be great I'm just saying if your goal if your ultimate goal is like to be married to an imperfect human being that you're going to be disappointed because if you think that marriage is this, you know, perfect thing that's in all the rom-coms and happily ever after. And I'm not saying that happy things don't happen. I'm not saying that marriages aren't happy. I'm just saying people are imperfect. And what you see in the movies, what you see on social media does not always highlight the hard days. It does not always highlight the conflict and the, the compromises that need to happen. I'm not saying that marriage, marriage is great and beautiful and wonderful and I'm looking forward to it, but it's not it's not perfect. It's not like this perfect, beautiful, perfect wedding cake that's perfect and, and you know, like you have to eventually cut the wedding cake, right? You gotta, it gets messy. And that's not bad. And I don't mean messy as in like fighting or anything, but like there are some things that are going to be exposed when you're married to someone and some things are going to be uncomfortable and having to have that emotional intimacy, not just physical, but emotional, that's huge and having your soul exposed and your imperfections like that's that's not easy and if your goal in life is to be married and you are thinking that this I will be fulfilled I will be happy I will have happily ever after he's my prince charming and I'm his princess and we're gonna run into the sunset and he's gonna carry me in his arms and it's gonna be perfect and beautiful you will be disappointed because life is not perfect people are not perfect Two imperfect people marrying each other does not make one perfect person. It just makes two imperfect people becoming one and they're imperfect and that's okay because we're people. But if your goal is to be married, you will be disappointed, I, I guarantee you. Because you'll feel as if your expectations weren't even met, especially if like you aren't a person that will eventually get married. Like a lot of people get like, mo I feel like most people get married, you know. That might be changing now because of our current, you know, modern society, because um, a lot of people just cohabitate. But anyways, if you're a Christian, a lot of people get married. A lot of us get married. I feel like, I, I'm, I don't know the specific statistics here, but I think it's safe to say the majority of Christians will get married, okay? But if, like, you don't get married, like, what's the purpose of your life then? If your goal was to be married, that just kind of throws everything for, like, a huge, massive turn. And it's like, you can't just have your goal to be married or to have this or to have that because it's not going to work out very well it's the same thing if you make your career your life goal you'll be just you, if you make your career your life goal you'll be disappointed 
because it's not glitz and glam. Nothing is glitz and glam except for Jesus, obviously. But you know, same thing with if you if if you want to be a parent and that's your goal, like oh my life goal is to be a mom. Okay, you can be a mom, but that doesn't mean you're a good mom. That doesn't mean you're nurturing cultivating a home or you're nurturing your children and cultivating your 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 home that doesn't mean that right or you know you can just you can fill in the blank with any type of thing any type of quote-unquote goal or milestone if you make anything besides jesus your goal you will be disappointed 100 percent. he is the goal he is the prize he is the reward Pursue him and everything will fall into place. I mean, that's just, that's it. That's the secret. That's the key, right? It's not a secret, but that's the key. He's got you and you are not alone. This is hard because there can be things that we let look really good and look really beautiful that we want now because it looks good. Like we want, I want that chocolate covered strawberry right now. That's just a really random example, but you know, this instant gratification, this, I want that now because I think it's good and I want it right now and I'm not waiting for nothing. It's like that attitude is like, you're just going to, oh man, that's, oh, that's so destructive. Like if you just, if you do, if you do think if, if you did everything for instant gratification that would fall the instant it's over, you're going to be sad and depressed and broken your whole life because most things that are beautiful and good are worth the wait i always use food as an analogy because i cook like every day and i bake as well but there are certain meals that you can't just make in the microwave they're actually most good meals you can't make in the microwave Maybe particular ingredients, but the only time I use a microwave, to be honest, is to heat up food or make popcorn, okay? Like, <laughs> I don't really, you know, make my... Even if there's a microwave dinner, I'll put it in the oven because I'm like, I want this oven heat to, you know, heat this boy up. Anyways, most good... I'm just going to say all. I'm just going to go with all. Who cares? If you want to be mad, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> all good meals take time. Even if it's 30 minutes an hour, the microwave's three minutes, you know? All good things, most good things, take a lot of time. Take time to cultivate, to grow, to savor, to meld. If you think about a good soup or a stew or something, stewing things, it takes hours at a time. Some things you should cook for 12 hours, depending on what it is. If you want them oxtails to be tender, you better put them boys in the crock pot for three hours, four hours, five hours. Because if it's one hour, bro, uh-uh, this is going to be rough. Okay. By the way, oxtail is amazing. It's one of my favorite foods. Um, so yeah, if you haven't tried it, please try it. It's, it's, it'll change your life and you'll not want to eat anything else. They are expensive, but it's 100% worth it. Anyways, let me stop talking about Jamaican food. Most good things and good meals. This is why they're worth the wait. Specifically when I'm talking about food. It's because you have all of these ingredients together and the time that they spend together in the pot these flavors are melding the broth is absorbing the flavors of the spices of the herbs of the vegetables of the meat and everything is coming together to make this beautiful delicious flavorful meal 
and at the end it'll be absolutely worth it because if you try it in the middle it's just going to be eh. like the veggies won't be tender the meat won't be the meat won't fall off the bone you know like the herbs are like eh, it's all right but if you wait till the end till that process is over that is going to be the best meal you've ever had all the flavors will be intertwined with each other. The meat will fall off the bone. The vegetables, you just bite right into them. And they're soft and smooth and buttery. And all of those herbs and spices have absorbed into the meat, into the vegetables. And that weight was absolutely worth it. So although like using food as an analogy is quite common, it is very applicable. And it's a, it's a good way to picture it because it's, you know, it's, it's just a very clear example. Many, many things that are good are worth the wait. Whoopsie, keep hitting my microphone. Most things that are good are worth the wait. I know I've said that 16 times, but I'm just, I just want to get this. This is important. Okay. These things are absolutely worth the wait. If you think about it, marriage is lifelong, theoretically, hopefully. Please don't get married and just want to get married for a, a, a bad reason that is not um, a good foundation. Like, don't just get married because you are lonely. That's not a good idea. So, if you think about it, marriage is lifelong. This is a commitment for your life. You're wanting to spend your life with this person. You're going to spend the majority of your life married, if you think about it. I have to remind myself of this. I'm like, yeah, I'm single, but like, I'm going to be married for the most the rest of my life. And that's not like a bad thing, but it's like, enjoy this time because this will be the only time where you're experiencing what you're experiencing. You can do most of the things you're doing because things will change once you are living with someone else and you have other things to consider. But right now, like I, I, I'm not saying I don't consider others, but I will have to consider a lot more when I'm married and when I have children. But um, you will be married for most of your life. So it's like, why what's wrong with waiting another few months or another year or another couple years like that will seem like nothing once you are actually in that place of having your spouse that god is like a good a good really good person that is will work good for you that god is like orchestrated into your life that'll be like a lifelong thing so if you like think of like instant gratification like it's not worth making a split decision without any consideration because you seek that instant gratification just because you feel lonely in that moment. You have to think of the future. You have to think of how will this impact my marriage? How will this impact my life? How will this impact the future generations that will come from me and my spouse? You have to think about these things and it's important to think about them because when you do something to instantly gratify yourself, you're not thinking about the future. You're thinking about right now. What do I need right now? What will make me happy? What will satisfy me right now? What will make me feel good right now? Let me do that right now and not think about the future because it's kind of like you're just looking at that one thing and it's like, what about the other things that, like that will affect? There are some things that you can do to instantly gratify yourself that will absolutely ruin your life. That's just the reality. And I don't mean to sound super serious, but it's like this is a serious matter. So it's really, really, really important to keep in mind the other things that this will affect because it's not just you. It'll affect the people around you if you do something that's horrible. So I know that sounds really harsh and deep, but it's it needs to be said. It's really important. So with all this being said, 
it's important um while you're just in life in general even if you're single if you're not whatever get connected get yourself in a community get yourself a good church family abide in the presence of god like it can be hard to be in this season or just in life in general there can be hard moments but god is your protector he's your counselor he's your friend he's your strong tower he is your refuge he's your loving father your savior he loves you he won't leave you or forsake you and his plans for your life are better for better than your wildest dreams and his plans for your life will ultimately bring glory to him and contribute to his kingdom i would like to finish with matthew chapter 6 verses 30 through 34 which state but if god so clothes the grass of the field which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven will he not much more clothe you O you of little faith therefore do not be anxious saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And another thing this passage reminds me of is the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. Not our yearly, not our monthly, not our weekly, our daily bread. If you get your bread daily, it's the most fresh. If you get your yearly bread, it's going to be pretty gross. It's going to be hard. It's going to be stale. Even if you get your weekly bread, it's not going to be nearly as fresh as it was the day of. That daily bread is fresh. Okay? Give us this day our daily bread. Um, one of the reasons why I wanted to read the whole passage of Matthew 6, 30 through 34 is because sometimes we can quote, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And that can be quoted to um to support materialism in the in the sense where it's like oh i'm just going to seek god and i'm going to get all i want but it's like no it's like the essentials of life it's not even a spouse like even though you should seek god and seek his kingdom while you desire for his spouse 100 percent that's the best way to do it it's not saying seek for the kingdom of god and you'll get married that's not what it's saying it's not saying seek for the kingdom of God and you'll get money and you'll get a mansion and you'll get these nice cars and you'll get a Tesla. That would be pretty cool, not going to lie. But that's not what the Bible says. It doesn't say seek for the kingdom and you'll never be sad. It doesn't say seek for the kingdom and you'll never have hard days. No. It says seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, these essentials, what you eat, what you should drink, what you should wear, all these things, the things that you need will be added to you i also think of um psalm chapter oh my gosh i can't believe i don't know it oh my gosh what, what is it it's like oh my gosh oh psalm 23 i was about to be so mad at myself for not remembering what chapter it was like are you kidding me one of the most quoted chapters in the bible anyways um psalm 23 says the lord is my shepherd i shall not want it's like the lord is my shepherd i have nothing else that i need but him i'm satisfied in him and it's important to get to that place because if you are looking for satisfaction in other ways, it'll never come because those things will fail you. But the one who will never fail you is God himself. And by trusting and keeping your faith in him, he will sustain you 
these things will be added to you. He will bless you. But not if you're thinking like, I'm going to seek God because I want stuff. No, seek him for his heart. Seek him because you want to know him. Because he's good and he loves you more than you could ever imagine. And a relationship with him is the most fulfilling thing you will ever experience in your entire life. Regardless of how much money you have, regardless of how great your marriage is, regardless of anything that you do in your life, the most satisfying and wonderful thing is having a relationship with God. So I hope that this episode was encouraging. It was a bit longer than I expected. I tend to ramble and my, my notes were literally so long. I was like, there's no way this is going to be 20 minutes. <laughs> it's not. So if you have um, been listening until this point, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening until the end. I hope that something here that was said was encouraging or helpful in some way, shape or form. Um, I appreciate so much um, the people who listen to my podcast every week. I, I love y'all. I appreciate y'all so much. Um, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts or a platform where you can give me a rating, I would highly appreciate a five-star rating and a review. don't have to write a review, but I would appreciate it. But that five-star rating, that would be fantastic. I would really appreciate it. If you feel as if this would be encouraging to someone you know, please share it. Um, I know I'm kind of passionate about singing this because it's just like my life, but I'm probably going to write a book about it, to be completely honest with you, because I have so many thoughts and... Um, yeah, I just, it's a passion I have. And it's like, there are so many ideas and rhetorics that we have in Christianity that can be so harmful and that can uh, cause us to like think certain things of marriage and relationships that are not realistic. So I don't know. I'm going to write about it for sure. So I don't know. Look out for that in the next few years. I don't know, y'all. I'm so busy. I'm, I'm going to get to it, but not in this moment because I got stuff to do. I got to cook for Thanksgiving. <laughs> so I, I appreciate you guys for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in again. I hope you all have a great week and I will talk to y'all next Tuesday. Ciao.